that is very hard to me. Yes, just because I feel that if I forgive someone who has done something very bad to me, then I'm just giving up. You know, I'm just like being, okay, you can do whatever you want to me anytime you want. And instead, I understood that forgiving is not about that. Mm. It's absolutely not about that. It's about forgiving yourself and then forgiving the other person. But it doesn't mean you have to forget what the other person has done. It doesn't mean that you have to let this person do the same thing again. And if it's needed, just take a step back from this person or the situation. Because what I understood is you can't change people, places, and things. Absolutely. No matter what you do, you can't change these three things. And the only thing you can change is yourself. So I forgive myself and I accept myself so that then I can decide if I'm going to take a step back from this person or not. Welcome to Eggshell Transformations, a podcast for intense people. My name is Imi, and I'm here with you on a journey. Today we will talk to Alessia, a gifted artist and creator. In this podcast, I interview not only subject experts and psychologists, but also emotionally intense people from all walks of life, those who have been through unthinkable trauma and have turned their pain into art and meaningful work. To Alessia, each of her painting is an intense emotional reaction to experiences. Through her abstract paintings, she explores identity, existence, and anxiety. In this conversation, we talked about how her chaotic childhood has affected her relationships today, the fear of abandonment, love addiction, how we can release anger and resentment towards our family, and also her creative process. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, Alessia. Welcome. Hi. Thank, Thank you. you for agreeing to talk to me today. Thank you for inviting me. I wanted to reach out to you because, first of all, your art is really powerful. It's like I can see emotions on the page. And when I saw that, I know I had to reach out to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and unlike many of my other guests, you're not a mental health professional but you are an expert by experience. To my mind, you are a huge success because of your ability to channel your pain into art. And this is what this community is about. Oh, thank you. I'm very excited, to be honest, because also, you know, I I do follow what you say, emails and things like that. So when I I saw the podcast, I was like, wow, I do want to be part of this. Absolutely. (laughs) I would love to start by getting to know you and your story. Before London, where were you? I was in Italy, in Verona, for a little bit. Mm. And previous to that, I was in Genoa, also in Italy. Mm. But the thing is, it's quite complicated because my mom, she's Colombian. My father, he's Italian. And my father, he used to work in like, I'm not sure how to explain, it's called Ansaldo. So we had to move. He's a multinational that works with engineering and things like that. So we had to move all over the world. Literally, I live in so many countries. I don't even know, to be honest, the countries I lived in. I've always moved constantly. Uh, Some countries, it was Egypt, Tunisia, Ecuador, all over Italy, really. I even lived in this desert as well. Just a little bit everywhere. Yeah. So in a way, you've never really belonged anywhere. Exactly. That's 
yeah, that's one of the things that I do explore with my art, like the sense of identity and belonging. And I do have a tattoo, this one that says, um, I belong deeply to myself. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> thank you. Because that's, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's where I feel I belong. But yeah, there's been like some issues with a sense of identity and understanding my culture as well. And which culture do I belong to? Or if there's even something like that. And I've always been quite jealous of my friends that have these very strong roots, which I feel I miss. But yes, and also because my mama, she was very young as well and traveling with my father, who was like way older than her. It was a bit complicated trying to like teach me Colombian things. Gosh. So, yeah. So your father's <laughs> from Italy, your mom's yeah. from Colombia, and you've moved yes. around a million places when you were young. How would you describe the experience of growing up then? What was childhood like for you? Oh, messy, Yeah, to be honest. Painful as well. Because my father, he was an abusive man, to be honest. Uh, he was not a caring figure. He was very mean and violent to my mom, sometimes to me as well. So, so you saw it was, all of that? Yes. I mean, I, I had it on my skin and so it happened to my mom. So it was very disturbing sometimes I was a child I was literally a child like I don't even seven maybe calling the police you know and he would like take the phone away from me push away I didn't realize at the time you know I would just go out with my friends to school or whatever and I wouldn't really talk about it because I just thought it was something that happened everywhere which you know obviously then I grew up and I told the teacher, I said, oh, my father does this to my mom. And that started a whole thing of events. But yeah, at the time, I did not realize that there was, was something not right happening. Then I realized growing up as well. And I took my distances from everything about, especially my, the part of my father. Also because he didn't want to have a relationship with me either. How does your childhood experience affect you and the way you are in relationships now? I think my life was easier when I didn't have relationships. I'm talking about uh, romantic relationships. With, with my friends, it's always been everything very stable. Instead, when I started getting in a natural romantic relationships, that was like my first real relationship. She was very controlling, a lot of uh, emotional abuse. Why do you think you were attracted to that? Because I didn't know anything else, I guess. And I'm still really looking into that. Like I read a lot of books by um, Pia Melody, you know, trying to uh, understand why. Action. Yes, exactly. Like why I do that or go for those sort of relationships. And it's a horrible cycle as well, because then even if someone treats me horribly, I am not able to leave them because I am too afraid of being abandoned. Mm -hmm. So it's like a complete lack of boundaries. And since I started like actual real, real, therapy like, and actually putting a lot of work myself yeah. things started to change uh, the relationship I am in now we've been together for three years in September and I never thought I could have anything like that I never thought I could have a relationship thank you throughout all these things all your journey what has helped you the most a lot of things to be honest first of all therapy how long have you been in therapy for I think 87 years that. But the thing is, I went to therapy at first because of an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of years of treating the eating disorder without realizing that there was something underneath. 
as well. Something that really, really helped me was going back to Colombia and being around my family and nature. To me, nature has been, you know, therapy, nature, healers, very, very big healers. And what really helped me a lot, yeah, almost a year ago was following the therapy completely, give myself to it and stop. What in the therapy has helped the most? Dialectical behavioral therapy helped me a lot. Ah. Yes, that's what I'm doing now. It's been so helpful. <laughs> Did you ever have uh, an official diagnosis or something? I mean, I'm, I'm waiting. You know, also that is a long problem as well because with GP, they tell me that I have to go to a place and then another one. And obviously, you know, my therapist, she can't give me a diagnosis. Um, oh, is she, she's not with the NHS, she's private. Yeah, she's private. Uh, I've always... But you were resourceful enough to have found a private DBT therapist. Yeah, I looked online and I just someone that would inspire me that I felt I could trust and I needed it due to my past trauma I really needed it to be a female I was very careful about that a lot of research has been done about the, the efficacy of therapy and it turns out no matter what model you do whether it's be CBT humanistic psychodynamic the most important thing is the relationship between you and the therapist and yes. how much you can trust and open to her because like the previous therapist and that's the thing uh, in the past 10 months, I've been completely honest about my whole life previous to the actual big time therapy that I'm doing now. Previous to that, I would just lie to my therapist because they were males mm. and I wanted to trick them mm. because I wanted to see the sufferance or whatever it was, you know, just create some cows, just see if they could cut me lying. Just those sort of things that then obviously when I said to myself, I need to get better. Because if I continue like this, I will die. Mm. And I don't want to die. And that, and that was the thing. That moment of rock bottom, it's often what people need to hit yes. in order to bounce yes. back and start going back up. Yeah, it was, I've worked a lot. I've worked a lot every day. I work a lot every day. I read something new to help myself every day. You know, I'm very honest with my therapist. I'm honest with people around me. And especially I've understood what are my needs instead of what I want. Yeah. And that's been incredibly helpful because there's always this confusion between what I need and what I want. Mm. Can you say um, a bit more about that? Sure. Basically, I've understood I might be I might want to be with my partner forever and ever, right? You know, I might want that. Do I need that? If the relationship is toxic? No, I don't need that. Cut that out. Or even like alcohol, for example, gone. I don't drink anymore. I can't. It's just going to mess up everything. And that's been a massive change. It's really hard when you have relied on some substance for a long time to get rid of them. It's like killing a good friend. Yes, li literally. It's like relying on toxic people, relying on alcohol, relying on whatever was the thing that could keep me away from my real problems mm. and away from facing the person that I am. Yeah. And instead, when I've cut all of those things I was able to face myself for the first time and actually love myself yes therapy in nature not drinking yeah <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who like you have been through hell and really wants to release emotional pains especially if they hold anger or resentment towards their parents I think to do something like that I did step four I don't know if uh, so that 
So I've done that. I'm, I'm actually still doing that for love addiction. Can you but, tell people what step four is about? Um, basically, what is about making, I mean, I might not be completely right, but my approach to it has been making a list of the people that I resent yeah. and write why do I resent them? And also, I've also put how, what the things that I can do in order to not resent. Mm. Um, you know, I think... What are some of the things we can do to not resent? It's forgive ourselves, first of all. That's the thing that I've done. I forgave myself a lot. For example, I do obviously have a lot of resentment for my father, but I'm working on it. And I have guilt because my father now has dementia. And... You know, I've always wished my father, yes. And the thing is, I've always wished something bad would happen to my father so he would pay for the things he's done to me and my mother. And, you know, then I received this call saying that he has dementia. And I'm like, God, I, I felt guilty. I felt like as if I called that, you know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that feeling. So I, I had really to start like forgiving myself and reading a lot of books, reading a lot online as well and yeah. see the things that I could do to nurture myself first so that I can be in a position stable enough to understand the things that are nurturing me because that is very hard to me. Yes, just because I feel that if I forgive someone who has done something very bad to me, then I'm just giving up. You know, I'm just like being, okay, you can do whatever you want to me anytime you want. And instead, I understood that forgiving is not about that. Mm. It's absolutely not about that. It's about forgiving yourself and then forgiving the other person. But it doesn't mean you have to forget what the other person has done. It doesn't mean that you have to let this person do the same thing again. And if it's needed, just take a step back from this person or the situation because what I understood is you can't change people, places, and things. Absolutely, they, no matter what you do, you can't change these three things. And the only thing you can change is yourself. So I forgive myself and I accept myself so that then I can decide if I'm going to take a step back from this person or not. But obviously, then there is the fear of abandonment that comes in saying, oh no, even if they treated you bad, you still need to be close to them. But I've managed with that now the same wall you know like against it on and on and on until I realized that it's fine to be alone yeah it's completely fine and there is a difference between being alone and lonely and you know there are things that I can do when I am lonely mm. and the most wow. interesting thing is once we're okay with being on our own we can do relationship healthily and actually the relationship yes. become more fulfilling Yes, exactly. For example, even, you know, the fear of the other person going away or even myself going away. The truth is, I can't stop the other person doing whatever they want, yeah, you know. Yeah. That's unhealthy because you're putting someone in a cage. And for what? Because so I then I'm not hurt and I'm sure this person loves me, blah, blah, blah. That is not love. Mm -hmm. that, is, that, is, that is not. It took me a while to understand that because I thought I was right. I thought I was completely entitled to have the other person for me 100%. Mm. That, is, that is not like that. And I understand I was like that because I was afraid that someone would do the things that my father has done to me mm. or any other trauma that I might have had. Yeah. I was too afraid to relieve it again. Yeah. I've realized also that if I've gone through all of these things and I am here today, then I can go through other things as well. And 
just because someone is not with you doesn't mean it's the end of the world mm, and yeah. i can't believe i'm saying this yeah yeah a few years ago you wouldn't have imagined yourself being able to say this <laughs> yeah no I, w- I would have been laughing about it drinking saying, yeah i can be on my own and then five minutes later be with someone yeah mm. yeah that that was your survival strategy that was how yes. you rely on that kind of pattern yeah, exactly. And it doesn't happen overnight. It took me what you're saying reminds me of some parts of your artwork. I don't remember exactly which, which piece, but you talk about your inner adult and your inner child. It sounds yeah. almost to me that the inner child in you were, are still afraid, um, still feels like a little girl, but then the adult you know you can survive without your partner. You will be sad, but it doesn't mean you will die. Exactly. And there is something that my therapist gave me as a suggestion, and that's been very helpful, is imagine the little child, the little Alessia, mm. and even like even think about it, it makes me cry. It's so intense, yeah, yeah. the image of me as a little child, and all I have to do is protect her. I need to protect, I need to protect her because no one else will, and no one else did before. That's right. And you know, my mom, she's amazing. Like, she's an amazing woman and um, she tried so much to protect me. And what I understood is that if she couldn't protect me back then, that she's my mom, then the only person that can actually protect myself is just myself. And so that's what I do. I just imagine myself, what can I do to help so that I am the adult? So that then she looks at me and she's happy to see the person that I have become. So that are, are the two parts of being the adult that I am now and the little child there. So I need to make this child proud. I need to be able that when she grows up, she's happy to be me. Mm. Talk to me about your art. How could someone channel their pain into art? I think from my personal experience, it's been about letting go. So, right. for example, I, don't, I do abstract or, you know, I don't really go for like more realistic because when I do that, there is the perfectionism that kicks in and that is not about letting go for me. Yeah. But instead, when I just pour down the colors and I just allow my hands to go for it and do what they feel is right and my mind as well, just the same wavelength, then that is when I am able to let go. And I am completely able to just see what will happen without really knowing it. How would you like to be remembered as an artist, as a person? Uh, I'm not sure because I feel there are a lot of parts of myself that I need to discover and that I need to be friends with. Um, And I am not at that point yet, I think, to know who I am fully because I've been... real real therapy and recovery just for the past nine months before it was more like i wanted to be the wild chaotic um sad uh you know i wanted to be there is no hope at all we're all gonna die blah 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 that's what i was going for yeah and then do you think you're still angry at your parents i don't think he's anger because what helped me was understanding them. I think I am more disappointed. Mm. Uh, But I also understand that it's a sort of trauma that is carried within generations as well. And I think that it goes, especially from my father's side, like I understand, you know, my mom, for example, 
Her father uh, abandoned the family. They were eight. Previous to that, my grandmother, she, she was feeling very ill. Um, and from my father's side, I do know that my grandfather, he was a bit violent as well. So, and those are all things that I looked up myself that I've asked around and I wanted to know more. So I started to understand them. Was that healing for you, looking up your ancestors, um, your history and seeing the lineage? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was more interesting to understand that I do not want to have um, children. But if that ever happens, I need to be very, very careful because if it's been dragged for so many generations and I have the awareness of it, I cannot allow to just pretend that it's not there and that it's not something that I need to take action in straight away and be very careful of how I talk to my children. And an example is my sister that when, when she says stuff about herself, like, oh, I'm a stupid. I always try to make her understand why she is not stupid. And she shouldn't be saying these things about herself. And I try to lift her up as much as I can because when I used to say those things about myself, no one was there. For that, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah I, I'm 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 afraid about this whole generational thing. I do believe people have the power to stop it. With all the amount of work you have done on yourself, I have no doubt that you will be able to, if not completely stop it, at least filter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> a lot of it. Out. Um, yeah. I think that is one of the things that does make me a bit resentful towards my family i could just be sitting here all day saying oh why was i born into that family why 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 instead of just instead of what i what i've done is i said okay it is like that i can't change it i can't absolutely change it so the only thing left for me is to accept it and work towards it it's like going back to what you were asking me about how i like to be remembered now is someone who is healed you know, mm. and is able to give hope to other people that they can heal too. But it's not easy. Well, I, th I think you are doing Thank it. You. Just look at your eyes. <laughs> Final few questions. Can you share with us one book that has changed your life? Um, a book, I think it was, well, there's a lot. Uh, like I, I do suggest Pia Melody's book about love addiction, for example, if someone struggles yeah. uh, with that. What is it? Um, Just I think it was facing um, love addiction, something like that. But I'm not, I don't remember quite right the title. And then I very much liked The Alchemist. Oh, yes, Coelho. that book. Yes, that book was amazing. Uh, I love that book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we want something, the universe conspires to help. Exactly. Us get exactly. That's that's something that has been very helpful for me, especially in the past months, getting my art out there. And I've started seeing, you know, the things really happening, things putting themselves in place as well. So um, that was very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Can you share with us a song, a quote or a poem uh, for people who are also intense, sensitive, creative and felt misunderstood? Um, I would say uh, a song I very much like. I think it was a year ago it came out. It's called Hunger by Florence and the Machine. Well, thank you so much for sharing all these with us. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, tell us a bit more about your art, where we can find you. Sure. So basically, I have an Instagram account that that's the one where I post daily. And that's where I write most of the description of the paintings or anything that I'm really doing. It's called um, Intense Art Alessia. Oh, Intense yeah. Art, it's called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah. um, that is the thing. The intensity was always used at my disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And now I said, I'm actually going to use it at my advantage. I'm actually going to use it to nurture myself through the arts. So yes, it's intense art. There it is. Look at it. <laughs> um, and then, well, my website, uh, alessiacamoirano.com. If I were your parents, I would be very proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in. For more, please head to eggshelltherapy.com. There you will find more stories, articles, and resources for people just like me and you. Bye now. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Moving forwards, never looking back. Just one more foot in front of all those countless others. And we're there.